505, it's hump day. Welcome aboard Wednesday the 17th. Zach, I'm getting pretty used to these four-day weeks. I know, they're nice, right? A couple of those in a row, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I think I'm when I re- renegotiate, oh, I don't have a contract. I was going to say when I renegotiate, I'm trying to get that done, but... That's not going to help, uh, and, and probably not going to happen either. Uh, welcome aboard, as we said. It is uh, going to warm up. How about that? Yeah, How nice uh, that? summery 36 degrees today. Whoa. You know, that's only about a 45-degree switch from what we saw <laughs> over the weekend. You know, if you think of it as going from 60 to 100, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big jump, 40 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so anyway, it's going to warm up just a little bit. Boy, do you see where the coast is getting that? What are they calling it? The lake effect snows? I heard that there was, I mean, they had it a little bit in the ABC, and I was hearing it. But, yeah, uh, yeah just I saw East Coast getting hit pretty hard. Another three or four feet on top of the 40 inches. Three or four got. feet there. Got. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said. What is it, like 30 inches or 40 inches or something more they're supposed to get on top of what they've already got? It's crazy. Ah, yeah, they get all the breaks. Lucky dogs. Uh, my theory's always been with snow. If you're going to get it, get enough to do something with that's always kind of been my these little one and two inchers. All they do is mess things up. If it's going to snow, let it snow. Then I can go out and play in it anyway. So anyhow, uh, a little later in the show, we're going to. I'm kind of excited. I had a chance to catch up with Rich Nelson yesterday. He's a market analyst with Allendale. Um, caught up with Rich after the report came out on Friday. Talked to him yesterday uh, about where he sees these markets going, and it's not a doom and gloom interview but uh some of the numbers we're seeing right now he's thinking we're not at the bottom so uh, we'll find out where we're going on corn and beans and cattle and pork we took a look at all of it uh yesterday afternoon we had a chance to sit down and visit uh, about what's going on in the market so we'll hear what he has to say coming up a little bit later in the show we'll take a look what's going on in the overnight trade so much to do so little time to do it we might as well get started what do you got zach yeah, good morning, everyone. We're currently at 13 degrees outside here in Maryland Heights. Time is 5.07. Weather and sports coming up next. The trial of the man accused of killing a St. Louis police officer has been delayed until this spring. The trial for Thomas Kinworthy in the fatal shooting of Officer Tamaris Bohannon was scheduled to begin yesterday, but circumstances forced the judge to delay the proceedings. The initial request came after a prosecutor fell ill. The judge offered to move it back one day, but defense attorneys then said one of their witnesses, a mental health expert, would not be available if that happened. They asked for it to be delayed longer instead. The judge gave the attorney new trial dates to select from by Friday. The Mineral Area Major K-Squad has been activated to assist into the investigation into the disappearance of a Missouri mother. Police say 44-year-old Donna A. was of Washington County was last seen of the night of January 8th. According to family members, she was picked up by the sheriff's deputy from a hospital and dropped off at Mark Twain National Forest, thinking it was her driveway. Family says a bag of her clothes were found about a mile from the actual driveway. She was reported missing on January 11th. The Affordable Housing Commission has announced it has tripled its annual award supporting the construction and Preservation of Affordable Housing in the City of St. Louis. More on this story from KTRS's Steve Potter. The almost $16 million in grants and loans will support a record-breaking 46 affordable housing programs and 14 housing developments in the city. New award recipients this year include Habitat for Humanity's Home Repair Program, 
the Migrant and Immigrant Community Action Project, and the Building Energy Exchange that improves air quality and lowers energy bills for low- and moderate-income homes. All of the projects must offer energy-efficient units and must be located within a half-mile of public transportation. Five of the projects will provide housing for unhoused and disabled residents. According to Commission Executive Director April Ford Griffin, this creation of safe, affordable housing in St. Louis will help families thrive. And she says that when people thrive, everyone succeeds. Steve Potter, KTRS News. Nominations are now open for the state of Missouri's highest awards honoring first responders for heroic actions beyond the call of duty performed in 2023. The awards are the Red, White, and Blue Heart Award, Missouri Medal of Valor, and Governor's Medal. The state will also once again be conferring the Public Safety Civilian Partnership Award. The awards will be presented during a ceremony in Jefferson City in late 2024. The deadline to submit nominations is February 29th. Nominations may be submitted online at dps.mo.gov. For the second consecutive year, Illinois has been named the number one leader for workforce development in the Midwest region. That's according to Site Selection Magazine, which recognizes, quote, states that performed well in a set of measures that gauge workforce-related aspects of states' overall employment climate, end quote. The top ranking was based on the state's commitment to expanding access to innovative workforce programs and making critical investments through legislation and programming to reduce barriers to good-paying jobs in order to create a thriving business ecosystem for job seekers employees, and employers. Time now is 5-11, taking a look at the KTRS forecast. Wind chill advisory remains in effect through this morning. Today it's going to be mostly sunny, warmer high of 36 degrees today. Tonight cloudy with an overnight low of 20. Tomorrow cloudy. Could see some snow tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow evening with a high of 33. It's currently 13 degrees here at the Big 550 KTRS Switching over to the sports desk, Mizzou basketball faded late uh, at Alabama last night and fell 93-75. to The Tigers have now dropped seven of their last eight. They remain winless in the SEC. Mizzou is in action next at home against Florida on Saturday. Slew basketball led at times but couldn't close out number 21 Dayton in a 70-65 to loss to the Flyers. It's now 18 consecutive losses for the Billikens against ranked opponents. St. Louis City SC continues its second training camp down in Florida. The first inter-squad game will take place on Saturday. The first exhibition game happens January 26th against Nashville. That'll do it from the sports desk. We'll be right back with Farmer Dave. It's another day to be thankful to be in America as the Big 550 KTRS begins another broadcast day. God bless America. Land that I love. Lord, stand
remarkable cows. And wherever we go, it's a fabulous show. Oh, you know we are cows. That's right, we're cows. Uh, 5.14 on this Wednesday morning, 17th of January. Warmer weather on the way, but you see there's a... Scratch chance of some snow at the end of the week? Yeah, could see some snow tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow night. Um, just says coating to an inch. So yesterday mm. it said one to three inches. Now it's down to coating to an inch. So I'm guessing it'll be close to what we had on uh, Monday night. Yeah, so, not too much to get worried about. But, yeah. uh, we'll keep an eye on it. It is subject to change. Boy, our Mizzou Tigers basketball team's having a tough go. Yeah, they're struggling right mm. now. They're trying to get that first SEC win, and they are not able to get it. Yeah, not not getting along very good. Mm-mm. I watched a little of that game last night. Yeah, they're just having a, a tough go, so they'll get that all straightened out and uh, get back on track, hopefully, uh, here before the season's over. Basketball's kind of a long season, though, don't they? They play they play quite a few games. They got a long way to go. Don't yeah, they? so got January, February, and then you know what? What March Madness is at the end of March, isn't it? So, yeah, so got yeah. about two months at least. Yeah, so they'll get it straightened out and get get headed the right direction. Hopefully, figure it all out. Um, as we said a little later in the show, we're going to visit with Rich Nelson from Allendale. Um, Rich does a great job keeping an eye on the on the markets and and Zach. He said uh, you're calling on a six one eight phone number. I said yeah. He goes, where are you at? Where are you located? I said, Belleville. He goes, I'm from Highland. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just Your right neighbors. up the road. Yeah, yeah we're neighbors. Um, they're based out of Allendale's based out of McHenry, Illinois, which is up north. Uh, but he is originally from Highland. So we're going to talk about the markets and uh, what he sees happening here in the days and weeks to come. As a lot of guys got a lot of grain still on the farm. Needing to market it, trying to decide when to do it, when to pull the plug. And, well, he says there's a little light at the end of the tunnel, but it may be a little while before it happens. And there's a lot of variables as far as what can happen between now and planting season. Over in the market yesterday was another down day on the corn. Just nothing out there. Uh, as Rich is going to tell us a little later, there's just nothing out there to give this corn trade any any real strength. We're three to four cents lower again yesterday. Um, the daily and corn prices in China were 2 to 6 yen lower on men- Monday while the U.S. markets were closed. USDA announced a private sale of 126,000 metric ton of corn to Mexico yesterday morning. Uh, Brazil's Ag Rural reported its first crop corn harvest at 5% finished with the second crop planting at about a half a percent. Their production estimate for total corn output is 114.1 million metric ton of corn there. March closed at 443, down three. The May closed at 455, down three and three quarters. July corn at 464, down four and a half cents a bushel. Over on the overnight, we're in negative territory once again. March down another penny at 442. May's at 454, down a penny. September new crop at 468, down one and a half. December trading at 475, down a penny and a half. And they traded almost 900 contracts in the overnight trade there. So uh, as we said, just nothing out there uh, right now to move these numbers in the corn trade. And the traders know there's still a lot of corn out there in bins. And they're, they're just sitting tight waiting for this market to develop. Over on the soybeans, well, we were a little bit higher yesterday. We'll take it. We were about three cents higher at the close. 
Uh, new crop beans closed fractionally lower, however. Soy meal futures ended the uh, strong gains of over uh, 1.5% to uh, 2% uh, in value in the front month. Soy oil futures closed down by 88 to as much as 100 points across the front uh, months on Tuesday. Chinese daily and soybean prices were 15 to 20 yen lower on Monday. Egg Rural reporting Brazil's soybean harvest at uh, not quite 3% complete as of the 11th of January. That compares to about a half a percent at the same time last. Uh, other parts reporting 2.5%. Private analysts are anticipating Paraguay's first crop uh, beans uh, to come in at 9.5 million metric ton, citing El Nino rain patterns have been an issue there. March soybeans closed at 12.27, up 3 May closed at 12.38, up two and three quarters. Well, we're giving it all back overnight. Yeah, March is at 12.19. That's down seven and a half. May at 12.31. That's down seven as well. Uh, November new crop at 11.96, down five and a quarter. January just able to hold on to the $12 mark at 12.05, down four and three quarters. Trading way out the November of uh, 25 is at 11.69 and that is down three cents a bushel as well and some interesting numbers and it really doesn't have much bearing on anything because there's very little trade going on but if you look out to november of 2027 they've got beans down to as low as 10.88 so there's some interesting numbers in that bean the market the new and the news of the Brazilian production and how it's impacting global supply and demand balance sheets were among the news that was noted in USDA soybean estimates on Monday. Rod Bain with the U.S. Department of Agriculture took a look at some of those bean numbers. January global soybean production forecast per USDA reflected a slight increase month over month at various offsets from major producing countries. World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekodowski starts with Brazil. Production in Brazil this year is going to be well below the record last year due to weather-related yield concerns. But that's almost completely offset by higher supplies in the United States, Argentina, Paraguay, Bolivia, and Russia. The world bean balance sheet reflects production adjustments in January. Total supplies virtually unchanged this month crush down just a little at reflects lower crush in Brazil. That's offset by higher crush in Argentina, India, and several importing countries. Trade up about 600,000 tons, uh, reflecting higher exports, mainly out of Paraguay and Russia. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. And a little later, as I said, we'll hear what Nelson has to say about that bean market. And uh, yeah, he's kind of in the same boat as far as where he sees his market going. Everybody's got beans for sale. Overall in the wheat trade, well, we came in a good bit lower yesterday. We were double-digit down, as a matter of fact. March down 14 at 582, July at 605, down 13 and a quarter. That coming off of the forecast. The weather forecast is calling for warm to above normal temperatures out in big wheat country the next week. They're thinking this thing could warm back up. There was concern earlier in the week with the cold weather that there was damage possibly to that crop. But now they're talking above normal temperatures and maybe even above normal precipitation out in some of that big wheat country. And that's driving the market lower. We're getting a little of it back after the big losses yesterday. March is up three overnight at 585. July is at 606. That's up three quarters of a cent. It was down to 603 at one point. December of 24 trading at 634. 
That is up a penny and a half. 520, almost 522 on this Wednesday morning, 17th of January. We'll take a quick break, come back, take a look at the livestock right after this. Most first responders return home at the end of their shift. Some don't. I was a widow, and how was I going to survive? How are my kids going to survive? Knowing that their husband and their father wasn't coming home. Since 1959, Backstoppers has been there to help the families of her fallen first responders. Backstoppers showed up, and they reassured me at that moment that I had nothing to worry about. On Thursday, January 25th, the Big 550 KTRS will salute Backstoppers' tremendous work. Please join us in supporting this important safety net for first responders in Missouri and Illinois. They're there in that moment of grief when you think there's no way I can go on. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for supporting our fallen heroes and their families. The KTRS Backstoppers Radiothon is presented in part by Lordo's Diamonds, the St. Louis Cardinals, Country Club Car Wash, Overstock Outlet, and KTRS Cares. 523 on this Wednesday morning. Well, did the furnace make it through the cold weather or is it just hanging on? If you're on the Illinois side of the river and you know it needs help, why don't you call Viviano Heating and Air? I've been telling you about them for years. And if you haven't called them, I don't know what you're waiting for. Don Viviano and his team have been in business over 30 years. They know what they're doing. They only operate on the Illinois side of the river. They can get in. They can get you fixed, get you back up online. And in many cases, they'll have the part on the truck. If they don't, they'll get it and get you back up online. Maybe the whole system's down and you know you need a new one. They can handle that as well. They're train specialists and you know the saying, it's hard to stop a train. Why don't you give Viviano Heating and Air a call today if you need some service on that heating system. Check it all out at VivianoAir.com. It's the best place to start. Phone numbers and all the contact information right there on the website. VivianoAir.com What makes SWIC your first choice? Is it our affordable tuition? convenient locations and online classes or the 150 plus degrees and certificates in business fine arts health science technical education and more whatever it is southwestern illinois college can train you for an exciting career or help you prepare for a university visit swick.edu take a tour and enroll today morning wake-up call continues here's farmer dave schumacher on the big 550 ktrs 524 we'll have that forecast for you coming up in just a minute finally saw a little bit of life in the cattle trade yesterday 67 to 175 hires a matter of fact cash trade remained light with some 6500 head of cattle reportedly sold at 172 to 173 on friday not much action yet this week Oklahoma stockyards was closed this week, citing winter storms out there. USDA's wholesale box beef prices were higher on Tuesday with a 357 increase in the choice and a 742 increase on the select side. Tuesday's cattle reported at 114,000, bringing the week to date number to 226. We are running way behind on numbers the last two weeks. February cattle closed at 173.12, up 175. April closed at 175.17, up a dollar. June cattle at 172.17, up 55. January feeder cattle closed at 227.55. That was up 97 points. Over in the pork complex, saw some nice gains there as well. 40 to, um, well, it's actually lower um, when it closed on uh, the trade yesterday. USDA's national average base hog price 
was 46.90. USDA's carcass value was 87.79. That was up by 73 cents. Tuesday's numbers estimated at 464,000. That uh, is setting the week's total at 842. Uh, so we are way behind a year ago. And there again, there were some packing house issues and the cold weather slowing down the movement, but it hasn't helped the market much. February hogs closed at 70, 77, down 112 at the end of the day. April at 77, 57, down 105. And the February pork cutouts at 84, 70, down 115. Even tighter numbers not helping the pork complex. 526 on this Wednesday morning. Well, let's run over to the weather desk. It looks like it's going to warm up. What do you got, Zach? Yeah, still holding at 13 degrees outside right now in Maryland Heights. It's going to be sunny today, high of 36 degrees today, increasing clouds overnight tonight with a low of 24. On Thursday, again, warming up into that mid-30s range, high of 35 degrees. Could see some snow Thursday afternoon. Overnight into Friday morning, low of 12 degrees on Thursday night. Right now, they're just calling for about a coating to an inch in the Maryland Heights area. Cooling off again on Friday, high of just 16 degrees on Friday. Mostly cloudy on Friday night with a low of 3 degrees. Saturday, it's going to be cold again, high of just 17 degrees and a low of 9 on Saturday night. Then warming up again to those 30s for the rest of the week into next week. Mostly sunny on Sunday, high of 30 degrees on Monday, we could see some freezing rain, a wintry mix, high near 38 degrees throughout the day on Monday next week. That rain's going to continue likely overnight Monday night into Tuesday, low of 34 degrees Monday night. Rain likely again on Tuesday, high of 42 degrees with a low of the th- low 30s on Tuesday night. That's the latest from the Weather Desk. I'm Zach Binding with the Big 550 KTRS. You've got a little bit of everything. <laughs> that yeah. you can have mm-hmm. in the next week. Oh yeah, we've got forties, we got single digits, we got rain, we got snow. You got yep. you cloudy, got sunny. Covered. We got everything. Yeah, you got it all in a mere seven days. Ah, that's what you like about the Midwest weather. It is currently showing eight degrees here in Skunk Hollow. They say the wind chills a negative one as the wind's coming in out of the south at eight miles an hour. Now that's going to be pushing that warmer air in. Humidity's down at 56%. Uh, Visibility's at 10 miles. Sunrise at 716 and sundown this afternoon at 505. Coming up on the bottom of the hour, we'll take a break for the news and then visit with Rich Nelson from Allendale. We're talking markets. We're going to cover it all, corn, beans, wheat, cattle, hogs. Um, See what Rich has to say and where he thinks these markets are going over the next uh, two or three months. Well, we'll hear from him a little later, right after the break. Coming up on the bottom of the hour, we'll be right back. With Farm Credit, I've always had great luck having a good line of communication and anytime we have an issue, getting answers. John Hannon, first-generation farmer. Uh, going out on your own like that, it, it was a big risk. Start off with very few acres, really not enough to pay the bills. Your biggest fear is, you know, in the springtime, you're, you're borrowing thousands of dollars every day. And you have no idea what you're really going to get back out of it. I worried about stuff well out of my control. And the only thing that did give me any ability to relax was knowing I did have a good crop insurance program behind me. Farm Credit, they have a lot of willingness to work with me directly on what works on my farm specifically. I've never felt like they've just shown up and been like, well, this is what we've done with the last 10 guys, so this is what we're going to push for you. For a complimentary policy review, Contact a local Farm Credit Illinois crop insurance agent and customize the coverage on your farm today. 
Dig out those dancing shoes. Dancing with the St. Louis Stars is right around the corner. Join Independent Center for one of the most star-studded nights of the year at the Ritz-Carlton on January at 6 p.m. Help in the fight to destigmatize mental illness by donating to the cause and by voting for your favorite dancer. And if you can't join the event in person, be sure to catch the live stream. It's all happening at independentcenter.org forward slash dancing. Catch Dancing with the St. Louis Stars, presented by Emerson, January 20th at 6 p.m. Discover once everyone to feel special with 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitation supply. If it's Mizzou basketball. Inside open, lays it up and in. It's on the Big 550. Thanks to all our fans listening. KTRS, St. Louis. ABC News, I'm Dave Packer. The Biden administration is expected to relist Houthis, rebels in Yemen as a terrorist group after the U.S. carried out a new airstrike against them, destroying more missile sites being used by the Houthis to attack global shipping. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan in Davos, Switzerland at the World Economic Forum. We anticipated the Houthis would continue to try to hold this critical artery at risk, and we continue to reserve the right to take further action, but this needs to be an all-hands-on-deck effort. Millions of Americans from the deep south to the northeast are once again waking up to dangerously low temperatures, and the frigid weather has turned deadly. At least nine deaths are now blamed on the Arctic conditions. Thursday's GOP primary debate in New Hampshire scrapped after Nikki Haley pulled out, saying she'd only attend if former President Trump was also on the stage. Ron DeSantis was the only candidate to accept the invite, the nation's first primary in six days. The government of Qatar says a deal has been reached to deliver medicine to the hostages being held by Hamas. This is ABC News. It's uh, 13 degrees outside at 531. I'm Zach Bining, KTRS News. The trial of the man accused of killing a St. Louis police officer has been delayed until the spring. The trial for Thomas Kinworthy and the fatal shooting of Officer Tamaris Bohannon was scheduled to begin yesterday, but circumstances forced the judge to delay the proceedings. The initial request came after a prosecutor fell ill. The judge offered to move it back one day, but defense attorneys said that one of their witnesses, a mental health expert, would not be available if that happened. They asked for it to be delayed longer instead. The judge gave the attorney new trial dates to select from by Friday. The Mineral Area Major K-Squad has been activated to assist into the investigation into the disappearance of a Missouri mother. Police say 44-year-old Donna I. of Washington County was last seen on the night of January 8th. According to family members, I. was picked up by a sheriff's deputy from a hospital and dropped off at the Mark Twain National Forest, thinking it was her driveway. Family says a bag of her clothes were found about a mile from the actual driveway. She was reported missing on January 11th. St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office has a new member to its leadership team. KTRS's Jill Enders has the story. Mark Darrell has joined the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office as co-chief of staff. Darrell spent most of his 40-year career as a lawyer and executive in the natural gas industry. He spent the last 19 years as chief legal officer at Spire, advising its board of directors, CEO, and senior management on legal and business matters. Daryl will have oversight of victim services, human resources, facilities management, technology, and the day-to-day operations of the circuit attorney's office. Jill Enders, KTRS News. 
Members of the Illinois Underground Railroad Task Force held their first meeting this week. Details from KTRS's Steve Potter. The task force is made up from members of different organizations and state agencies, including the Illinois Department of Natural Resources and the Illinois State Historical Society, and will be working to create a cohesive statewide history of the Underground Railroad in Illinois and to establish new educational and tourism opportunities. The Underground Railroad helped slaves escape from the South and into Illinois and other states. State Representative Debbie Myers-Barton says now is the time that Illinois was the first state to ratify the 13th Amendment on February the 1st, 1865. And so we are coming up on that anniversary, February 1st of 2025, and we will definitely be looking at how that plays into what we're doing with this task force and how we can commemorate that date. The new task force will continue to meet over the next few months and will submit a report and recommendations to the General Assembly and the governor by July 1st. Steve Potter, KTRS News. Nominations are now open for the state of Missouri's highest awards honoring first responders for heroic actions beyond the call of duty performed in 2023. The awards are the Red, White, and Blue Heart Award, Missouri Medal of Valor, and Governor's Medal. The state will also once again be conferring the Public Safety Civilian Partnership Award. The awards will be presented during a ceremony in Jefferson City in late 2024. The deadline to submit nominations is February 29th. Nominations may be submitted online at dps.mo.gov. It's uh, 5.35 outside at 13 degrees. I'm Zach Binding, KTRS News. We'll be right back with Farmer Dave after this. Hey, business owners. Are you stressed out over the daunting task of preparing your W-2s, 1099s, and tax returns? Hi, I'm Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor at Capital Advisory Group and the author of the number one best-selling book on taxes, Keep What's Yours. To start the new year right, I'd like to offer you a free tax analysis, so stop stressing. Give us a call at 636-394-5524, or you can visit us on the web at capitaladvisorygrp.com. Here's our story. Tony and Denise, brother and sister team, born and raised in good old St. Louis, started in 2009. More like 1959. Started our business in 2009 with the idea of buying in bulk in order to save you money. Our sales staff will educate you on products and features that are most important to you. We can offer top brands like GE at the lowest price every day. Come by and visit any of our four showrooms or shop us online at theappliancediscounter.com where our, our savings, savings are your savings. savings. Your early morning wake-up call continues. Here's Farmer Dave Schumacher on the Big 550 KTRS. 536, Zach, folks getting ready to head out the door. Give them a quick update on what they need to wear. Yeah, 13 degrees outside right now. It's going to be sunny today. We are going to warm up to a high of 36 degrees today, low of 24 overnight tonight. We could see some snow flurries overnight tonight as well. High of 35 degrees on Thursday. Then there is more snow moving in Thursday night into Friday morning. Low of 12 degrees on Thursday night. Looks like right now they're just calling for about a coating to an inch of snow into early Friday morning. Temperatures drop back down for the weekend. High of just 16 degrees on Friday with a low of 3 degrees on Friday night. Saturday, high of 17 with a low of 9 on Saturday night. And for Sunday, partly sunny with a high of 30 and a low of 26 Sunday night. That's latest from the Weather Desk. I'm Zach Binding with the Big 550 KTRS. All right, thanks, Zach. Showing 8 degrees here on the on the deck with a minus 2 on the wind chill side. Winds are coming out of the south-southwest at 8 miles an hour. 
Humidity's at 57, dew points down at a negative 2 as well. This morning, sun up at 716 and sun down at 505. Well, Zach, there's a report out. You know, every day more, there's a report about something. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. always somebody taking a poll. Mm-hmm. Um, the latest hair, uh, survey by the Harris Poll says rural residents are among the country's unhappiest people. Mm. Mm. They didn't ask me. I'm you're happy, happy right? I'm, yeah, you're, I'm happy. You're always chipper. I, I'm happy. Um, they say rural residents join renters, women, and single people in feeling they're in a funk financially. Um, although inflation has dipped in recent months, but the subject remains top of mind for many Americans. Six out of ten survey respondents that say that they're now triggered by trips to the grocery store. I guess that means upset about going when they go to the grocery store. Grocery purchases are the top way Americans say they feel inflation every day, followed by gas prices. Can I agree with that? Go. Yeah, I agree with that. You're you're all right with that? Okay. Mm-hmm. All Sounds about right. right. Uh, so 41% of all Americans say their finances are worse today than they would have predicted if they had been asked pre-COVID to imagine the future. That percentage rate rises to 53% for rural residents. So 41% of all Americans say they feel that feel that their uh, finances are worse. But 53% for rural residents and 51% for renters, people that rent their homes. I don't know. Many... Uh, the poll finds many Americans, including rural residents, calling the economy weak. Mm. How many? How many? What's the economy? How many people think the economy is weak? What percentage? Uh, Fifty. Let's see here. Top of my saying. Forty-seven percent of singles. Okay. Forty-six uh, percent for rural residents. Mm. Okay. Fifty-seven uh, percent for. Renters, 47% for singles, 46% for rural residents, 41% of Americans, total Americans, say their finances are worse today than they would have predicted. Mm. I don't know. I, you know, you, you, you look around, you think the economy's booming, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of spending, but then you see these reports about credit card uh, amounts that are on credit cards, you know, the, the total yeah. number. Uh, a lot of debt right is, now, yeah. Oh, a lot of debt. And I guess I guess it's not maybe as bright of a future or fr- bright numbers as as we think. I mean, you seem to think, you know, gas prices are a little cheaper. Uh, I can see there where they say where they go to the grocery store. I mean, that's just typical everyday inflation. Truck driver, you know, the, the delivery costs more, the the meat cutters cost more. The the guy running the cash register cost more. The price of your food's gonna gonna cost more, and and it's not trickling down to the farm. Uh, a lot of the farm prices are weaker than they were a year ago, but yet prices at the grocery store are higher than they were a year ago. So somewhere in between, and there's a lot of steps, and there's a lot of people that cut into that pie. Uh, but that's why things are costing a little more at the grocery store. Well, as we said, farmers aren't getting any, you know, much for it out at the farm. Markets are backing up. We're going to take a quick break, come back and visit with Rich Nelson from Allendale. He's a market analyst there. 
We're going to find out what he sees happening in these markets uh, coming off of the USDA report on Friday and where he sees it going as we head into planting season right after this. What if I told you that with one click to Wholesale Signing Depot, that's WSDepot.com, you can view the best selection of windows, doors, siding, and decking products that are durable, up-to-date, and energy-saving that will increase your home's value and comfort. All at wholesale pricing to save your hard-earned money. My grandson Elijah says, Are you kidding me? My name is Julius Krasanik, celebrating 51 years in this industry. Our local and family business is Wholesale Siding Depot. Please visit our website at wsdepot.com. That's wsdepot.com. For name brand windows from Anderson and Viwinko, CertainTeed Composite and Vinyl Siding, Pro-V and Masonite Doors, Decking from Azac, Envision, Fortress, and Trex. We also offer a free contractor referral service to take care of your installation needs. Keep it local and professional. Please visit wsdepot.com. That's wsdepot.com. I'm Jennifer Blown. And I'm Wendy Weiss. Join us weekly this year as we introduce the Jennifer and Wendy Book Club presented by the St. Louis County Library. To me, reading is magic, and our book club can be your passport to mystery, adventure, anywhere your imagination wants to go. The 2024 Jennifer and Wendy Book Club will introduce you to local and national authors, events, and special programs. Presented by the St. Louis County Library. Every week on the Jennifer and Wendy Show, right here on the Big 550. Your early morning wake-up call continues. Here's Farmer Dave Schumacher on the Big 550 KTRS. 543 on this Wednesday morning. Well, as we've been talking about, USDA came out with some big report numbers on Friday. Catch up with Rich uh, Nelson from Allendale. He's a market analyst there for Allendale. Does a great job keeping an eye on the market. We asked Rich if there were any really big surprises in the report. You know, there were a couple things here. And let's speak about the uh, the U.S. numbers specifically. So on these uh, four separate reports from USDA, one of them does cover a revision to the uh, fall harvest for corn and soybeans. USDA gave us a bit of surprise. 102 million bushels added to this prior view on, uh, on the corn harvest here in the U.S. 36 million bushels added to soybeans. So that was a little higher than expected and certainly by historical standards a bit of a surprise. Uh, you know, as far as the South American numbers, USDA really didn't give us anything brand new with moderate changes for Brazil crop, but uh, nothing that uh, shakes a trade up here, though. Boy, the market's been tough, kind of reacting out of the, out of the trade on, on Friday. The analyst had a couple of three days to digest the numbers and didn't come back with a very good taste in their mouth this morning, come in lower and closed out lower again today. Certainly right. A light, uh, light loss for the corn side. The trade is still concerned that we don't yet have a story to change this overall U.S. corn supply story, which anything over 2 billion bushels is a little bit of a concern and does imply maybe lower $4 range for futures prices. The question for us really in front of us is the soybean side. At least for today, we saw stability. The question for us in these next few weeks ahead, especially with new domestic crush numbers in hand this morning, uh, USDA might have to revisit some of those demand numbers down the road here. Uh, some people think that maybe this corn thing needs to take its little run down, get to that bottom, and maybe then it can crawl back up out of the hole. Uh, where, where's that bottom? <laughs> where, where, the, where is that bottom? That's sure the question right now. In the new futures, we had a recent low of 441 for the corn futures side. We're expecting 430, and 
I, I hate to say it, but maybe that's a little bit conservative. These uh, stock numbers are still not changing, and certainly from the corn side, we might see another increase for Argentina's uh, corn production numbers in the coming uh, coming weeks here. Absolutely. What about how do we have any feel for? I, I know the USDA's got their carryout numbers and all that, but do do we have any kind of a feel for how much corn's actually maybe still out on the farm in first hand? You know, at this point in time, we usually have about uh, about 65, 70 percent of the crop still is in the farmer hands at this point. So that's certainly one big question for us. And by historical standards, it's maybe 60, 65. So we might have just a little bit larger than normal percentage of, of farmers still holding uh, corn, at least on the ground or uh, in the bins right now. So still a little concerned about some uh, some crops still out there to move. Absolutely. What's the number to get them to open the bin up? What's it going to take to get them to cut some loose? I hate to say it. The question for us right now is how low do we need to go to, to open those bin doors or how high? And I'm not quite sure which one of those two will, will meet first here. Yeah, sometimes when the market starts up, they sit tight thinking, well, if it's higher today, I'll wait till tomorrow. And, well, it's higher tomorrow, they'll wait another day. And then all of a sudden it's down three days in a row and then they decide to sell. So we'll have to wait and see where that all shakes out. Switching over to the beans real quick. Everybody seems to be growing them. Everybody seems to have them for sale. What's going on in the bean market? You know, so uh, the soybean side of things here, we do have a little better story than corn, a little better potential movement, maybe even back to the upside in these coming weeks. While we're not getting the big Brazil production cuts we expected, we can say at least for some positive news. This U.S. Uh, ending stock number USD gave us on Friday, still a little low. Keep in mind these uh, domestic crush numbers we got in here today, 10% over last year's December processing. So overall, maybe we'll tighten up the soybean balance sheet in the weeks ahead here. Uh, was there some talk last week about uh, import numbers, beans coming into the United States? And then that is right. There is some slight concern about this issue. Typically, in the big picture, it's more psychological than anything else, though. Absolutely. What about shipping? Uh, uh, Panama Canal still a problem. Uh, Black Sea. I mean, it seems to be shipping's not a, not in the best of shape either. No, and that's the big problem here for us on the soybean side. What's really interesting is we've sold a lot. Our sales are actually ahead of USDA's current goal. You know, the problem, like you mentioned, is shipping. And, uh, in fact, for the past nine weeks, we've been running about 29% below the five-year average. So this is a looming concern, and so far, no fix just yet for this issue. Absolutely. New crop beans down around that 12 bucks, They're above and below $12 here the last couple of weeks. Uh, producer, where does he look at for maybe selling some next year's crop? Is that a number one should look at? You know, I think as far as a pricing issue, maybe around that 12.50. I do look for a little rebound for the new crop side. Like I said, maybe about 50 cents from current pricing. I do think there's a little upside for bean side. I'm not quite sure we can make that argument for the corn in the short term, though. Absolutely, we'll wait and see where that all shapes up. Wheat jumping over there real quick. Cold weather out in big wheat country. Now some areas have some snow cover. Uh, we talked drought for two years in the wheat country. Now we're talking about freezing temperatures. What are you hearing there? You know, that's a big question here. So this uh, weekend, we saw anywhere from lows of uh, plus one in Texas to minus 13 in Nebraska. So we did get that cold snap as expected. Market broke today with the concern that we're going to switch and flip very quickly to above normal temperatures in the plains and maybe even above normal uh, uh, moisture. So 
Some concern about cold snap maybe being offset a little bit by this change up ahead here. Absolutely. Acres, no real big, no big changes in any acreage on wheat, I guess, for about where we expected to be. No changes lately. You know, actually, i got to say so. i, I got to say Friday's USDA report, which did cover uh, winter wheat uh, plantings down 2.2 million acres. I do think that was maybe a little less than trade expected to see. So we've got questions about the near-term supply issue, but maybe for the long-term supply issue, starting with the summer coming uh, harvest, maybe we'll slightly change this narrative here. Absolutely. Once again, visiting with Chief Strategist Rich Nelson with Allendale. Not taking too much of your time, Rich, and I appreciate you, you joining us today, but if we got just a minute, let's switch over to that livestock trade. This cattle market just can't get any fire in it. And that's a big question for us. You know, we've got our little pushback from last week's processing issues uh, due, due to weather. Uh, in this case, just over 100,000 heads still to process these next couple weeks, which is our, our short-term backlog. Question for us on the cattle side, what's this demand look like in the second half of, of January? One small positive, at least, we have seen eight good sessions of wholesale beef. So maybe some of our concerns are slowly getting uh, worked out right now. It seemed like the wholesale beef market and the live market aren't corresponding. No, <laughs> one's going up and one's going down. Unfortunately, the producer's not getting the right end of that deal. Very good point. And maybe that's something which can't, uh, might get fixed up these next few weeks. You know, keep in mind here, the next... Right, this next month and a half ahead, typically this is a seasonally strong time of year. We'll see how much upside is waiting for us, though. And it's Rich Nelson with Alan Dale. We appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to join us uh, and let us know what he sees going on in this market. 551, let's head back over to the weather desk. This report brought to you by our friends over at Viviano Heating and Air. What do you got, Zach? 12 degrees outside right now. It is going to be sunny today, high of 36 degrees, a low of 24 overnight tonight. Could see some snow flurries tonight as well. High of 35 degrees on Thursday. Snow moves in tomorrow night into Friday morning, low of 12 degrees Thursday night. Cooling off on Friday, high of just 16 degrees again, low of 3 overnight Friday. And for the weekend Saturday, it's going to be cold, high of 17 degrees with a low of 9 on Saturday night. And on Sunday, partly sunny, high of 30 degrees before rain moves in starting on Monday. That's the latest from the Weather Desk. I'm Zach Binding with the Big 550 KTRS. All right, thanks, Zach. I'm showing 8 degrees here in rural Belleville. Wind chills a negative 2 as that wind is blowing in out of the southwest uh, at 8 miles an hour sunrise at 7:16 and sundown this afternoon at 5:05 well how about that furnace waking up to a cold house why don't you call Viviano Heating and Air if you're on the Illinois side of the river give them a call today let them come out and check out that furnace and make sure that you're running efficiently and if it runs and runs and runs and runs and the house is still cold maybe you need a whole new system they can handle that as well Don Viviano and his team have been in business over 30 years, and as I've told you from day one, we're blood relatives, and I guarantee you they'll do you a good job. Viviano Heating and Air, give them a call today. Check out the website. There's all kind of information on there and the contact information as well. Do it today, vivianoair.com. Scott, they're here. Who's here? Our newest delivery of carpet, carpet tank, luxury vinyl plank, luxury vinyl tiles, sheet vinyl, ceramic, hardwood, and laminate. Of course, and we're fully stocked at both of our locations, 7301 North Lindbergh Boulevard in Hazelwood, Missouri, and 1851 West U.S. Highway 50 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Open seven days a week. Free financing for qualified purchasers. Best flooring, best selection, best buy, best buy flooring. 
Hi, I'm Rod Ferguson, the host of the brand new show, Conversations with Rodney Ferguson, on KTRS every Sunday afternoon. I'm a native St. Louisan, a Marine Corps veteran, and a local business owner with a definite opinion about the direction of our country. I also believe 2024 is a golden opportunity to rectify that. We may or may not agree, but I believe you'll enjoy the conversations. Join us every Sunday at 3 o'clock for Conversations with Rodney Ferguson on the Big 550 KTRS. Brought to you by Crushed Red. From ABC News, Wall Street Now. Tuesday's declines in share prices have the three major stock averages in the red for 2024. The Dow Jones slid 231 points to close at 37,361 yesterday. The S&P 500 lost nearly four-tenths of one percent. The Nasdaq surrendered two-tenths. A court ruling on Tuesday shook up Wall Street's airline sector. Federal Judge William G. Young ruled that the proposed $3.8 billion merger of JetBlue Airways and Spirit Airlines would hurt competition. JetBlue stock closed 5% higher after the decision. Spirit shares plunged 47%. Quaker Oats has issued another recall for dozens of products potentially contaminated with salmonella. The new recall expands the original list of granola bars and cereal to include certain varieties of Cap'n Crunch and Gatorade protein bars. Federal health officials say they've heard of no illnesses or deaths related to those products. Jim Ryan, ABC News. And it looks like the market's off about 150 points in the overnight trade, so we're not off to a very good start. Taking a look as we wrap it up on this uh, Wednesday morning, trade coming in a little bit lower on the corn trade. We're going to call it about... Oh, about a penny lower right down the board as uh, traders, once again, are just trying to find a spot to call the bottom. March card at 442. That's down another penny and a quarter. May is at 454. That's down one and a quarter as well. September new crop at 468, down one and three quarters. And December's at 475. That's down a penny and a half. Over on the soybean trade, after uh, opening uh, lower in the overnight trade, we're continuing that trend now. We're six lower in the March contract at 1220, May at 1232. That's down six and a half. November new crop, well, so much for the $12, at least for now. We were at 1204. We're now at 1196. That's off a nickel in January at 1205. That's down five and three quarters. Over on the wheat trade, well, as we heard uh, Nelson talking about the conditions out west, traders are thinking that it's going to improve a little bit. Now we've coming off of the uh, extremely cold weather, and uh, the market is responding, coming in a little bit higher overnight after big losses yesterday. March wheat's at 585. That's up three and a half. It was down 14 in the trade yesterday. July new crop at 607. That's up one and three quarters. Yesterday we lost 13 cents there. We're just able to hold on to the $6 mark. December at 634. And that is trading a penny and a half higher in the overnight trade. So we'll keep an eye on those trade markets and see uh, what happens there today as we head into the end of the week and the call for some warmer weather, see what impact that has on the market. We're coming up on the top of the hour. We are just about out of time as we head into the McGraw show this morning. And once again, it's going to warm up a little bit out there today. So uh, uh, if you get a little chance to get out, you know, Zach, yesterday out in the sun really wasn't bad. I think we've adjusted to the uh, I think yesterday was still pretty cold. I was ah, the sun was out. It was a it was a nice day. Uh, nice day is a bit of a stretch, but uh, better than zero <laughs> degrees. I'll agree. 
I think I think I'm I think we've adjusted to it. I it I don't think it you know it's one of those kind of things. It's, well, it's you and I can disagree to, on that. Yeah, well, you're kind of soft. <laughs> you don't get you don't get out much. You you're just a little yeah, soft. Get out yeah. and enjoy. Get out there today when it's a balmy 35 degrees and enjoy. There we go. There you go. We're out of here. We'll keep an eye on the markets. Have updates at 10 and 12. And with any luck at all, we'll all be back together tomorrow morning at five. Have a great Wednesday. Does it ever stop? Nope. Another black eye for Tesla and most other EVs. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Post a job for free and find qualified candidates quickly at LinkedIn.com slash Kim. America is in the grip of a massive cold wave, but don't let the climate activists frighten you. This is normal. After all, it is winter. And in Chicago, at 11 a.m. yesterday, the temperature was exactly zero. Tesla charging stations look like car graveyards. Dead Teslas are scattered everywhere. And that's because Teslas simply won't start in bitter cold. They won't charge either. If you went to bed last night with any charge on the battery, this morning, the charge was either gone or almost gone. Tesla tells all its owners to keep the charge level above 20% during cold weather. But it's the cold that actually drains the battery, whether you're driving or not. And if you live in Miami, well, ignore this story. But if you live where it is cold, remember this before you buy an EV. I'm giving away a $1,000 PC or Mac. Enter to win at commando.com slash win.